couple weeks back, I was given an opportunity to go on a retreat, and this kind of group kind of put together a retreat for priests, and they basically told us, hey, if you can make it, if you can get yourself to the Rockies, everything else will be covered. Doing that. So I, I went out there for a retreat, and it was a beautiful time, and we flew out of Denver on the way back, and we kind of had an early morning flight, so we arranged, another priest and I were traveling together, and we arranged to, to fly out in the morning out of uh, Denver, like I said, and then, but we spent the night before at the cathedral, downtown Denver. And so we got there in the, the late afternoon and then walked out somewhere to get some dinner. And as we're walking through downtown Denver, you know, you get everything that you get in a big city, people watching is kind of great. And then, of course, there's kind of homeless people that are out there asking, asking for some money, and you pass by and try to be nice and wave and all of those sorts of things, say God bless you, but, you know, who knows what you're actually meaning. Anyways, um, and as we're walking through, we kind of looking for a place to eat. And we're like, let's go back to that pizza place and eat. And as we're about ready to walk into the door, a homeless person comes up and says, hey, fathers, can you, can you give, me, give me any money? I'm hungry. We just kind of look at each other and like, well, I guess you can come eat some pizza with us if you want. And so we, Frank came and ate some pizza with us. And we, you know, it's kind of one of those conversations where there's a lot of laughs, there's a lot of tears, there's heartbreak, there's kind of um, realizing having some, a lot of shared experiences with this, with this man, probably in his, his early 60s, and, you know, and gave him the leftovers and, and parted ways. And later that evening, you know, kind of do the examination of conscience in the evening and thinking about this kind of experience with, with Frank, and realizing as kind of I'm walking back from, back from the, the pizza place to the cathedral rectory, passing by other, other homeless people. And even as walking by, thinking in my head, oh no, I'm good. Like, I, I already helped. I've, I've already done that. And even passing people who are just, you know, regular people, thinking like, oh, you guys are, you guys are passing the homeless. You know what I actually did? I actually just went and had dinner with one of, one of the people who were, who were begging. And hearing this gospel, rather convicting. The Pharisee is self-righteous because he, he thinks he prays and he fasts. I thought I was righteous because of being generous towards the poor. Judging those who I thought, you probably don't do anything, right? You're probably just downtown to get drunk or smoke something or whatever. Like... And I, you know, here I am, some, some great philanthropist or something like that. And we get the gist of the gospel, that it's really for all of us, and how self-righteous in any sort of way we can become in our life. And our Lord, in his great love and his great mercy, warns us of that, gives us a cautionary tale of this Pharisee in the gospel to say we can become the same, the same way so easily, our hearts, our minds can go towards this game of comparison and thinking that we come out superior to others in whatever way that, that may show up in our lives. And as the Lord tells this gospel, it's absolutely fascinating the story that he sets up. Because we hear like the Pharisee did this, the Pharisee said this, and when we hear Pharisee in the gospel, it's kind of like, yeah, that's going to be the bad guy. But for Jesus' listeners, the Pharisees were really well-respected. They were people that you really looked up to and you tried to learn from their example. And the tax collector, they're betrayers of the entire culture. They were Jewish people who conspired with the Romans 
to get more money from their own people to line their pockets. So the tax collectors were just wicked people, right? You hear a tax collector, you're like, terrible person. And so when you hear the tax collector, Jesus says a tax collector is like kind of uh, the example to follow, at least in this story. People have been like, really, Jesus? You, you know the tax collectors, right? They're, they're terrible people. It'd almost be like Jesus says a Pharisee and a drug dealer went up to the temple to pray. You're like, who's going to be the good guy in that? But this Pharisee, as he begins to pray, we hear that he begins to, he, Jesus says, he begins to pray to himself. He doesn't even pray to the Lord. He just goes to himself and begins to talk to himself about all of the good things he does, about all of the ways that he's right and somebody else is wrong. And how often in our own prayer we can get that way. It becomes so easy to just kind of talk to ourselves and just not actually talk to the Lord. And that also means listen to the Lord. To be able to open our ears to hear the Lord return in conversation to us. And as he goes through his conversation with himself, he begins to compare himself and, of course, sees himself superior. And even notice a difference of where they stand. The Pharisee takes his place, his normal place, and the tax collector just stands at a distance and just kind of won't even come close to the Lord. He's just so torn up about his life. And we see this, this tax collector just simply beats his breast and says, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And even notice what the tax collector doesn't say. The tax collector doesn't say, Look at this Pharisee who thinks that he's righteous, but really he's just wrapped up in his own. He doesn't worry about what the, that the Pharisee is self-righteous. He just worries about his own shortcomings, his own sinfulness, the own ways he needs mercy in his life. And the tax collector, Jesus doesn't say he's a good guy. Right? He doesn't excuse any of his faults. He doesn't say he was right in stealing from his own people. He doesn't make excuses. He doesn't lie to think this man's a good man. But he's one that knows he's a sinner. And that's something that Jesus can work with. Our Lord can work with a humble heart. When we come before him, just like we all did, all of us just 15, 20 minutes ago, acknowledged our sins and said, I confess to Almighty God and to you, Father, that I have greatly sinned. And that's the start. That's why we start Mass that way, because it begins with this humble heart where we recognize that we need the Lord, that we're people who need his mercy in our lives and we haven't done it ourselves. Just like this Pharisee, not, we're not thinking like, oh, I fast, I pray. And hopefully you're not like me to think, look how generous I am, the picture of philanthropy. But we come before the Lord needing his mercy. And that comparison game can come in so easy. Notice I was talking with a friend who was kind of chuckling, but also was kind of one of those, haha, that's kind of sad moments, where he was noticing there's a political battle in his state that's all over the, uh, all over the, the media. And I've, I've seen some ads for this one, too, so after he said something, I noticed it. He said, these two candidates, he's seen dozens of ads for them, but all of their ads have attacked each other. All of their ads have said, wow, this guy's a terrible candidate, and the other guy, this, why this guy's a terrible candidate. And he said, I don't actually know what each of them actually want. 
And he's like, it's really startling that all they say is they kind of point the finger at each other. And you think, yeah, why are they doing that? And then I had that realization, oh, those are the political ads that actually work in our own day and age. The ones that accuse each other, because I'm sure they do research to say what sort of political ads stick home with voters. And evidently it's the ones that point the finger at the other political party or wag the finger at the other political candidate. And it's unfortunate and it's sad that those seem to be the ones that get, get produced and gets, get out there in our own election season. But for us, what's the lesson we learn from this gospel? A lesson of humility, of not playing the comparison game, of just simply coming to the Lord and recognizing our own sinfulness, our own need for mercy. Back in 2013, of course, Pope Benedict resigned and the Cardinals elected Jorge Bergoglio from Argentina to be, become the next Pope, and he takes the name Pope Francis. And shortly after Francis was elected Pope, he gave a newspaper interview with an Italian newspaper. And of course, they want to get to know this man who comes from a, a whole different continent to be the Pope there in Rome. And they ask him, who is Jorge Bergoglio? How would you describe yourself? And Pope Francis says, I am a sinner in need of the mercy of God. That's who he is. That was all that he said in response to this newspaper interviewer's question. And what a great example that is for us. When we have to say, well, who am I? What does it mean to be me? Maybe the first response can be, I'm a sinner. I'm somebody that needs the mercy of the Lord. And we don't play that comparison game. We don't justify our own righteousness. But like the tax collector in the gospel today, we just realize that we're broken and the Lord can fix us. That we come before him humbly in need of his care and his love. And we recognize that his goodness will transform our hearts. The love and the mercy of God can do so much if we simply bring him a humble and a contrite heart.